0: Welcome to the Edge Podcast by MGR with your host, David Gill. Hey guys, David Gill here, bringing you the Edge Daily Podcast brought to you by MGR. We upload every day, Monday through Friday, so be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And today we're going to talk about something a little close to my heart. We're talking basketball boys and girls, we are talking basketball, and more specifically, we're going to be talking about the NBA, or how the NBA, a 70-year-old company, 71 actually, uh, has continued to innovate and grow despite every other major American sports league declining, so today's episode is about the business of basketball, the business of the NBA, and listen, basketball is my favorite sport. I I think it's probably pretty obvious. Uh, in fact, it's pretty much the only sport I follow anymore. I used to watch a lot of, like, football, b- both college and pro, and some other sports, but now I've pretty much gone completely NBA. Part of that is because... The NBA as a product just keeps getting better and better. And then the other part of it is I don't have a lot of time to watch tons of sports these days. So when I do have time, I choose the NBA. Uh, And I'm not the only one who feels this way. I mean, the NBA ratings are up about 20% across the board and they've been going up for years now. And and there's many reasons behind this, and there's definitely many lessons to be learned on how those who adapt and innovate, instead of resting on their laurels, NFL, I'm looking at you, tend to win in the long run. That's kind of what we're talking about today, how the NBA has really innovated, listened to its players, listened to its fans, and overall just improved the league a lot and gained a lot of viewership, a lot of worldwide audience so let's get into it.'m no no so one of the main reasons the NBA has been so successful is because of its willingness to change so quickly. You know, they are a league that does not get caught up by tradition or historic principles. Uh, very often at all, they identify problems or weak points that are causing them to lose viewers or fans being upset, whatever, or players being upset. And they do something different. They do something new. They change it up. And there's a lot of examples of this. You know, I think the biggest one that's most recent and on people's minds is the all-star game. Uh, for those of you who don't watch basketball and are here for our regular podcast, um, the All Star Game is basically they take the best players in the league and have them face each other. It's basically it. Um, the NBA has been losing viewership on the All on All Star Weekend for years, and so they decided to ditch the Eastern Conference versus Western Conference format and go in favor of a pickup type game that you would see at a local gym or in the park, right? I mean, before it was East West, but then lately the Western Conference has been so much stronger than the East that I think they've won six out of the last seven and it's been pretty dominant. And the games also just aren't that entertaining. I mean, they score 180, 190 points every single year. There's just no defense, not much competitiveness. It's just a bunch of dudes trying not to get injured and score points. That's pretty much the all-star game. And so it wasn't that entertaining. Um, But they changed it up a lot and made it more of a, you know, pickup type game that a lot of people, it relates to the audience because it's kind of like what most people are used to playing in real life and then it also kind of gave a little more competitive spirit to the whole thing. And, you know, the results, it worked. And this all-star game, at least... In recent of the recent years is considered one of the best games we've seen. I mean, it came down to the very end where great defense keyword their defense, something that's unheard of in all star games. Uh, defense was able to shut down, you know, the best shooter in the world, Steph Curry, from tying up the game and ended up losing, right? And team LeBron ended up winning, but it was just, I mean, it was a really good game. Obviously, I wouldn't, it's, it's never going to reach the full intensity of like a playoff game or something like that, because these guys don't care enough and they don't want to get injured for sure. But it definitely was a lot better than the last few years of what I've seen. And overall fans were happy. The media liked it. The players liked it too. So overall, it was a win-win-win, and it all came because the NBA decided, you know what, we've been hearing these complaints for years, our viewership is dropping, so let's change it up, let's see what we can do. And then also, they created the uh, kind of pickup draft, each team, right, the Team Steph Curry, Team LeBron picked players now they didn't televise it this year but they will probably televise it in future years and they can get ad revenue from that too let's not lie here i mean that's a very entertaining thing to watch to see a mini uh park pickup except it's with the best basketball players in the world so they'll definitely be capitalizing on that in the future and you know like i said overall people just really enjoyed it and and that's just a small example you know fans complained about too many times out timeouts at the end of the game i know for myself it's kind of annoying when you have a really close game and then all of a sudden it is just commercial break after commercial break after commercial break at the end of a game and it kind of takes you out of it a little bit so what did they do in response they really cut down the amount of timeouts in the total game and especially how many timeouts you can use in the last couple minutes of a game so they listened to them there and then players and coaches complained that there were way too many back-to-back night games. There were way too many four games in five nights. So what did the NBA do? They reduced them greatly. There's almost no four games in five nights if any i don't know if they there might be a rare occasion where it happens but this season i haven't heard of any team having four games in five nights and you know that just increases injury problems and increases overall just being tired i mean on your fourth game this is, I mean, these are you're competing against some of the best athletes in the world so if you have to do that for the fourth time not to mention i mean you're flying across the country all the time so I understand their problems, and so a lot of players ended up just sitting out. LeBron James was famous for just saying, you know what, I'm going to set out this game, I don't want to risk injury. The San Antonio Spurs, Greg Popovich, their coach, same thing. So the NBA realized, okay, well... If the players aren't going to be playing in these games, we might as well get rid of those games from the schedule because there's no point in not having our best players on the floor because it's upsetting if you're a fan who pays for a ticket to go see the game and then your favorite player isn't playing. And then especially if you're watching on TV, you're just going to tune off because the guys you want to see aren't watching. It's just the bench players on the court. So they've definitely improved that. We will probably see a shorter regular season and a playoff reformatting over the next few years because. that's how the nba approaches things a lot of people are saying ah the regular season is a little too long you know injury rates are getting a little high we shouldn't have this many injuries uh you know especially in the mid-game in mid-season stretch from games 30 to 60 there's a major you know drop off between basically christmas and all-star there's a pretty big drop off in viewership and so it's kind of Pointless. The main thing that hold, that's holding them back is selling out stadium seats. But if you reduce the season by just a little bit, then you can increase the importance of games too, which gets pe- more people watching. We'll see what they do there. Playoff reformatting, a lot of people, you know, first round tends to be not that fun. Most people tune in in the second round, so they have to see how can we make the first round more entertaining. Maybe they go back to having instead of best of sevens, best of fives or even, hey, best of threes for lower seats, whatever a play-in tournament has been thrown in as an idea so there's lots of things um obviously it's all speculation we don't know exactly what the nba will do all we know is they will probably end up doing it at some of those things not all of them but in some form or fashion the league will likely have a shortened season and reformatted playoffs and that's something that you don't really see that often from other leagues right as opposed to the nfl which is still the biggest US sports league, but has seen, you know, they've seen a steady decline of viewership. People have been saying to them: change the length of the season, change the playoff formats, reduce the amount of concussions. You need to protect your players more. And while they've done some things, they haven't done a lot. And the even the NFLPA, the Players Association, has not been very happy with the steps that the actual NFL themselves have been taking. And I'm not picking on the NFL in particular or saying that they haven't done anything because they have. They, But, you know, it's, it's clear that the NBA is much more proactive. And even NFL players say that. And, you know, the NBA is more proactive than the MLB and other sports leagues as well. I mean, the MLB, you know, in all reality they should really shorten the season. I mean, I get that that people want to have a longer season for historic reasons, but having 160 whatever, I don't even know how many games are in a season in baseball, but having 160 games, it's just known that people don't watch... Games That are not their local team. So unlike NBA or NFL where people will tune in on Sundays or tune in on ESPN on a Wednesday night or whatever and watch whatever the marquee NBA game if it's Cavs, you know, Thunder or Warriors, whatever playing people will watch that even if it's not their home team. In the MLB, it's not the case. People just don't care. If I'm a Diamondbacks fan and I live in Arizona, I just don't care about a Colorado Rockies versus a Minnesota Twins game in the middle of July. Like, that's just a fact. And so lots of these ESPN games don't get any viewership. Very, very low. So they're going to have to do something. But like I said, the NBA has definitely shown this thirst for innovation they really want to be ahead of the game no pun intended there but they really do and you know one of the other great things that the NBA has done more so than the NFL and what baseball has done is greatly increase the international viewership. In the US, most people are already well aware of the NBA. So yes, there's growth potential, uh, especially gaining viewership from people who mostly watch NFL or mostly watch MLB. You know, They can gain more viewership from that. But there's less potential for growth overall just because you know everyone in the US knows what basketball is whether they watch it or not they know what it is internationally though there's way more growth potential because there's no elite basketball leagues that are at the level the NBA is Europe has a couple but they're not they're nowhere near the level of the NBA the best players in the world are in the NBA it's kind of like soccer or you know, European football, whatever they, if you want to see really good soccer, you don't watch the MLS. You watch either the English Premier League or the Spanish. Uh, I forget the name of it. It's I'm not whatever La Liga. That's what it's called. La Liga. You watch those leagues, the German Bundesliga, because those are where the best players play. So it's the same thing with the NBA. If you want to watch the best basketball, you watch the NBA. And so they've increased their international presence a lot and they've invested in having online infrastructure making it very very easy for people around the world to see their games and in the past decade for example in china one of the biggest growth spots for every company in the world not just the nba but in the last 10 years they went from almost no viewership you know very little in china to last year's nba finals getting over 50 million online views just from china alone that's massive last year 240 million people watched game 5 of the finals the final the basically the last few minutes of the NBA finals last year when the Warriors won 240 million people tuned in to watch that worldwide that's more than double the amount of people that watched the Super Bowl which got about 103 million viewers last year i'm not sure what the numbers are this year i i didn't see but last year was 103 million and so while in the U.S. the Super Bowl does get more viewership than the NBA Finals for now, worldwide it's not even close. I mean, it's almost two and a half times more people watching the NBA Finals than there are watching the Super Bowl, which is the, you know, considered the biggest U.S. sporting event of the year. And major props does need to be given to the new commissioner Adam. S- well, he's not that new anymore, but he's been what five years i think about five years now uh and he was young when he took over he's still pretty young compared to your average commissioner and a lot of people were skeptical but at this point most fans either you know don't hate him or definitely love him like i myself i'm a fan of him but I th- of his i think he's done a great job a lot of the media like him the players definitely like him and he's really put the first foot forward on innovation and adapting and changing. And I think people really appreciate that. And, you know, he's already announced partnerships. Let's talk about technology for a second. He's already announced partnerships with VR. You can already watch some games in virtual reality and AR, augmented reality. This is like the big one. You know, most notably, I would say, is Magic Leap, the $2 billion backed augmented reality company. Their goal is to basically partner with the NBA and not just the NBA, but they have their first major your partnership is with the NBA and they want you to be able to put on a pair of their glasses and you can watch the game on their coffee table or right like or not their coffee table, your coffee table, right? You you can literally put on these glasses and have a 3D hologram of an NBA game going on. Or you can zoom in and you're sitting courtside while you're actually on your couch. Or you can get up and go get something from your fridge and as you're walking around, you have a couple TV screens going on with multiple different games and they'll probably integrate it with NBA League Pass so you have these imaginary TV screens that are like holographic TV screens following you around. I mean, that is really cool stuff. That's very, it sounds very far fetched and super futuristic, and that's exactly what gives the NBA its advantage. It's willing to try those things. And then the final major point that I wanted to talk about when it comes to the NBA is their personal branding of the players. Guys like LeBron, guys like Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, they're all international superstars. They all sign. Hundred million, if not, you know, if you're LeBron, billion dollar deals with Nike and Adidas and Under Armour and other companies. The NBA has positioned itself as a players first league, and they've benefited from it, the league itself and the players. Overall, the NBA's willingness to change and adapt and constantly focus on building its own brand, the NBA's brand, and its players' brand has created this massive growth opportunity and has shown that it's been working and it's only getting bigger. And as an NBA fan, I'm very excited to see what the NBA continues to do in the future. And I really think there's a lot of lessons to be learned from all you business owners, entrepreneurs out there that listen to this and you know, corporate execs, whatever. This is a company that's 70 years old. World. They're not new. They're not some young company. And yet they've adopted this technology and innovation first mindset and really being open-minded when it comes to change, which is what most corporations lack. And like I said, as a fan, I'm very excited. As a Suns fan, though, I really need us to be good again, because it 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 hurts my soul that we haven't made the playoffs. Not haven't even made the playoffs in eight years. And we're, we're last in the league right now, but you know what? It's okay. I'm all for the tank. We need to get that draft pick. We need to get that draft pick, get someone paired up with Devin Booker, and we're winning rings, baby. We're winning rings. Anyways, enough about the Suns. Let's get into the news. It's time for the news. All right, so in the news today... Amazon bought Ring. Ring is the home security company that invented the doorbell camera. Um Amazon just bought them for a billion dollars about. That's what estimates are. We don't know the exact number, but roughly a billion dollars. By the way, uh Mark Cuban, if you are if you watch Shark Tank, Ring was actually on Shark Tank, and Mark Cuban said it was it was his biggest regret from Shark Tank. It's probably One of the most valuable companies to ever be on Shark Tank, right? Exiting at a billion dollars. Very few companies ever reach that level, if any. I don't know if it's the highest, but it's got to be really high up there. Anyways, they now sell a lot more than just the doorbell. And they're actually one of the largest home security companies in the US right now. They're only behind ADT and a couple other big ones. But Amazon plans on integrating ring's products within its amazon selected products program so as many of you probably know when you search on amazon it'll say like amazon's choice or amazon basics stuff like that those are the ones that amazon suggests so they're gonna do this with ring and just by doing that alone they're gonna Skyrocket the sales of Ring. I mean, the sales of Ring are already very high and they sell awesome products. But by making them the number one preferred security device on Amazon, one of the biggest shopping platforms in the world. Ring has a very good chance, especially with Amazon running it now, to be the biggest home security company, not just in the US, but in the world, just by Amazon promoting it on their own site. And I'm sure Amazon will use its own advanced AI technology to create more smart home security. I see Amazon doing a lot of things. This is very smart on their part. They're going to make a lot of money off of this deal. A billion dollars is honestly a bargain for what Amazon's going to get out of this. But I'm sure the other home security companies out there are shaking in their boots, especially the ADTs, all these guys who are already trying to catch up. I'm sure they're shaking in their boots wondering how they're going to fight Amazon. And uh, I don't know. We'll have to see what they do. Next, the other main news story of the day is Ford Motor Company, the car makers. They announced that they're going to start rolling out self-driving food delivery cars in Miami as a test market. It'll be the first place they're in. Um, They're partnering with Postmates and Domino's. Is what it said. Yep, Dominoes. That's whatever in my notes. And to see how well self-driving delivery uh, uh, car—I'm sorry, a self-driving delivery car system can work. They're trying to see how well it goes, and I'm sure it will go well. And if it does go well, you can pretty much count on it being expanded to other cities soon. This is just more news that shows how AI is changing work. Which to bring in full circle check out our latest YouTube video for more on that. Our latest YouTube video was all about artificial intelligence and how it's changing work, especially pizza delivery boy work. No, that's not what it's about, but this is a perfect example. Anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening. Hey guys, David here. I just wanted to personally thank you for listening to this podcast today. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, it would mean the world to me. It would mean the world to us if you could leave us a positive review on iTunes or wherever you consume your podcasts. It just means a lot to us. We're new. We're just getting started. So if you could help us out, that would be great. And also, we have been putting up some fun. Fire content on Instagram and on YouTube. So if you are not already following us or subscribed on Instagram and YouTube, then go to the show notes, click those links and follow us there. We are posting content daily. So be sure to check it out. Anyways, guys, thank you for listening and I will see you next time.